0: You're listening to the After the Show movie podcast from aschoolie.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, voice assistants, just say listen to After the Show movie podcast. And you can also find us on aschoolie.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good evening. What, what is it? Is it evening or what Is afternoon?
1: this the Truman Show? <laughs> <laughs> right that... now it's evening.
0: I will. Uh, give oh, you... It's
1: not. Who knows? Someone's listening. It could be 7 a.m., 7 p.m., 2 a.m. It could be 10 days from now. It could be 50 years from now. This is 2019. If you're listening to this in like 2069, 59, is that 10 years? 50 years. <laughs> in 50 years. My math skills are failing me.
0: Your math skills are
1: cracking you up. In 50 <laughs> in fifty years, it will be 2069, correct? Yes. my 19 plus 50. 69. Yes. Okay. Do the If you're math. listening to this in 2069... In some way, then uh, it doesn't matter what time of day it is when we're doing this. I'll tell
0: you this now. If you're listening to this on Monday morning, <laughs> the Monday that this comes out and you haven't put your clocks back, you're in for trouble.
1: Correct. You're already an hour. You're already. You're not in trouble.
0: Well, something. So are
1: falling back. So you've been early now, an hour early for yeah, work,
0: possibly. You're at work an hour early and you're like, why is there no cars in the car park? <laughs> I don't get it. So there's your... Uh, um, I work nights
1: for 12 years, and we got a lot of the time changes, and so the years when you spring forward, you go from 2 to 3, and then the day shift has to come in at the new 6.45, so you are at work an hour less. And then the fall, it was like, ah, it's 2 a.m., and you set the clock back to 1, and And then you've just gained another hour. So, yeah, I'm very familiar with the time change. I don't know why we still do it. I think it's a little bit silly, but...
0: It, what is the official reason we still do it
1: i don't know habit there can't be any economic cultural i mean there's no reason to do it no. it doesn't matter no
0: it was something to do with farming originally i read i think yeah but I, yeah it doesn't matter we could literally an just hour. do hour it's not it.
1: like we set the clock back 10 hours no. and that
0: makes a huge difference in
1: everyone's lives it's one hour if we completely did away with it Nobody would... Yeah, if you just didn't do it one year and then that's it. That's just it. Never even mention it. Everyone pretend like it never happened. That'd be great. Well, if if Let's you know... Let's start with tomorrow. Nobody turn your clocks. Oh, wait, it's too late. You've already done it. <laughs> yeah, you probably already
0: did. Or, or, guess what? These days, you don't even have to do it, do you? Most of your devices will do it anyway. True. So, you're under you're under control is what's happening. All right, so, have you got any before the after the show talk?
1: Not really. It's pretty random. I'm drawing a caricature slash cartoon of an old classmate's daughter. It's, you know, it's and delicate. That, um, I don't know how to draw caricatures perfectly, so I'm using lots of standard pictures. I do a little artwork here and there, and so I'm trying to make it flattering, but still fun. So it's tricky. That's working. That's it. That's all we are talking about. And,
0: and you, being a listener of the show, you can't see that. True. You can't see it. Yeah, if this was visual radio, you'd be able to see
1: it. Here's the thing. People know what a caricature is. It's a cartoonish, exaggerated image of a person. And that's it.
0: All right, so it is Saturday, November the 2nd. You're listening to After the Show. We're a movie review podcast. This is our 606th edition. We're a long-running movie review podcast. What'd you say? Sit up.
1: Yeah. How many, have, how many can outdo us? No, nope. it's been going along with us. Cheapy day by bear, by a small margin. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm sure some podcasts have been going for thousands and thousands of episodes. They do an episode sure. every day. I thought you were going
1: to say thousands and thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> also that. Yes. So,
0: um, we're looking at a movie this week and the movie we're looking at is the peanut butter Falcon. It's a 2019 movie comes out on Blu-ray on November the 12th, so we got this a little early for review. You can pick it up from Lionsgate, who sent us a copy for review. It's PG-13, and Tart will give you the synopsis of The Peanut Butter Falcon, and then I'll give you the one off the box.
1: Hmm. It's a road movie with fish out of water-ish. It's a friend movie. A dude who's got troubles finds another dude who's got troubles. And um, they make sort of a let's live our lives kind of point versus live your life in a packaged, perfect little thing. Now, while that Does that is match a- it? That, that has to be exactly what it well, says. I was going to say, well, that's
0: good. <laughs> it wouldn't quite fit into this paragraph. <laughs> well, no, I guess this paragraph's longer than yours. Anyway, the peanut butter falcon follows Zach, a young man with Down syndrome, who runs away from a residential nursing home to fulfill his dream of attending the pro wrestling school of his idol, the Saltwater Redneck.
1: Okay.
0: On the road, Zach meets Tyler, a small-time outlaw, who becomes Zach's unlikely coach and ally. Together they set out on a wild, life-changing journey and try to convince Eleanor, a kind nursing home employee, charged with bringing Zach back to join them. That is that is uh, pretty much what it pretty is. Pretty
1: close. Yeah. It's not just pretty much. <laughs> it is what it is.
0: So um, let me say, uh, as you know from our reviews, we they, you can't really talk about a movie fully without talking about the plot. If we do, if we do try and dodge around it, it just becomes so vague. It's like True. we're not saying anything. So if you're not seeing this movie in the theaters, um, you know wait. On the 12th of November, you can pick up a copy, watch it, and then come back and listen to us. Or, if you don't care, just listen anyway. (laughs) So, uh, Siddharth, what's your, uh, what do you think? The Peanut Butter Falcon. I enjoyed
1: it. It's touching. It's, like, mesmerizing a little. Kind of like different movies. One of them is your recommendation. But there are some kind of movies like this that are just right outside of, you know, as a road trip movie, like I said. However, it's not constructed exactly like a road trip movie you're the people are all effed up like every person has some issue if yes. you eat along i was like they're all ornery troublemakers troubled people they've all got difficulties there's no one here that as we find out through that has that's just like a packaged up perfect person so I've, i felt like that was really interesting and then um they it deals with people and their emotional problems in a different way, which I like.
0: Um, would you class it as a drama or a comedy? Mm. Or...
1: Well, it's dr- um, <laughs> good question.
0: A dramedy?
1: Not really. What's it? What's it defined in the genre on like IMDb?
0: I actually don't know. Let me check. I have it open. It is des- defined as an adventure comedy drama.
1: Adventure comedy drama. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's comedy and there's. I don't know if it's drama.
0: Now, I I really like this movie. I think it's really sweet.
1: <laughs>
0: it's got a very, it's quite positive, isn't it, in a way? Like, even though there's some, hor- the horrible parts of life seep into it sometimes. True. And violence and that kind of thing. But it's got quite a positive message. It reminded me, you know, like, something like Stand By Me, which, from years ago. It felt positive, but then there was the outs, you know, yep. around it. And this has that kind of feel. Um, and, you know, feels like a growing up story and a... Um, in, like, it's not
1: really a growing up story. You keep saying that, but there's not growing no, up. there are no young people but in this movie. Being
0: included, let me say. like Yeah. Like, this kid, not kid. This nope. How old did you say? was 35.
1: In real life. And in the movie, he's 22.
0: Right. And he's got Down syndrome. And people all, you know, seems like all his life, we get hints of it at the beginning. have been, you know, calling him. Insulting him, yep, insulting him, and uh he's kind of a strong dude, and he's just kind of pushed through it and physically strong, yeah, physically strong, and also I feel like emotionally strong because he just kind of like when he's is in an elderly retirement home, right, like a nursing home, yeah, because they couldn't find really anywhere to put him because he had nobody. I mean, it didn't explain that fully, did they? Why well, she did?
1: said he has no family, yeah. and the state then is responsible for him, and so he had to. He didn't want to be there. I mean, he's twenty-two year old guy, and he's stuck in the old person's home, which you know, which because um, he's not handicapped or disabled, he's capable, but the state has decided he can't like live a life, you know, and that's where the living the life comes from in my synopsis is they decide to kind of like break the rules, not just rules like don't run away from the nursing home, which is what he does, but break the rules as in, and he it's it's touched upon the young woman who's caring for him and has to find him. Shia LaBeouf says you're just treating him like you can't do anything. Like you don't have to say anything bad, but by constantly coddling him so then in out in the world with Shia LaBeouf that doesn't happen he's just a dude and they're just doing their thing so I think that's uh,
0: I like um, actually I've not put it down on my recommendations by uh, Ricky Gervais did a show called Derek mm-hmm. which was a similar idea he was in like a nursing home wasn't he like a you know there was nowhere Care, to put him yeah. he kind of got put in this nursing home um, and it's a similar vibe to it about like how people like people just look at like a down syndrome person for instance like this i mean i don't but people do like sure. it's like a, a generalization thing but and go well they can't do anything like what's the you know and that's what derek was about wasn't it like that he was like the <laughs> like, like a better person than anybody
1: means we have to sort of um coddle you
0: right and the thing we ricky gervais's Derek was that Derek, this character who actually had down syndrome as well right i don't think so what did he have
1: i don't know for sure
0: like a brain disorder i'm not sure i, th- I thought it was down syndrome i hey, don't think so. correct me if you if i'm wrong but he turned out like out of anybody in the whole thing he was like the purest person and that was what the like yeah thing was like the, the all the good was in Derek. And all the bad stuff is from what people bring to it, like true. So, and this kind of has that feel to it, um, and that's what it reminded me of. I really like the interactions between Tyler and Zach, who were the two main characters. Really, I liked it when he said Tyler, and he's like getting on his nerves that he keeps saying Tyler. And he's, he turns around right, and says, "What?" He says, "I just need to tell you, I'm a Down syndrome person," <laughs> and he just looks at him like he said, "I don't give a shit." Like that, yeah, that isn't. That doesn't matter to him. Like, you just doing, yeah. you're
1: doing his thing. I mean... That I find interesting. Good. It's... It shakes you up a little bit. And also in the movie, a child gets punched. A really shitty child. <laughs> A shitty twelve-year-old kid does a shitty thing, and then he gets punched in the face. And you're always like, "You're like, I know that you're not supposed to punch children, but I okay, said they to you, went there <laughs> in this
0: instance. If, if you're allowed to punch a child, this instance would be
1: it. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
0: because <laughs> this child was making fun of the Down syndrome child.
1: Right? Well, he wasn't a child. You keep saying that like of you're the Biden. Down
0: syndrome thirty-five-year-old. He's man. a man. Yeah,
1: he's a grown man. I don't know
0: why I see him as a child in the movie because he's very childlike. I guess.
1: Well, you're prejudiced against Down syndrome people, obviously.
0: I am not, but (laughs) he is very—he's a childlike vibe about him, is what it is. Mm -hmm. Because you know, he's—he wants to be a wrestler. Not that that's childlike, because there are forty-year-old men who are wrestlers. (laughs) But um, that's that's his aim. The the mission here is like he wants to get out of this old person's home. And go and meet this, you know, guy who's been watching on these VHS tapes, who looks like a hero to him. You know, he's like Hulk. Discount Hulk Hogan, correct? You know, the local wrestler who's kind of cool.
1: He's not local. They have to go quite a ways. No, I mean
0: like he's he's in the town where he lives. It's low. He's He's like he's like like a little celebrity around his town, right?
1: His town, yeah.
0: He's not like he's not Hulk Hogan. Is what I'm saying. He's more of a
1: low rent. Is is Hulk Hogan really a big deal to you? Well, Hulk Hogan
0: was known all around the world, right? He's like the WWE superstar. This guy who plays what, what's he called the character?
1: Oh gosh, now I've forgotten the um, something redneck,
0: saltwater redneck,
1: saltwater redneck. That's it. and
0: he is, um, you know, he's he's a little wrestler, <laughs> <let's say. laughs> a little wrestler. But you know, Zach. I seen just seen him on these videotapes. He's in a uh, old people's place. There's not really much excitement, but he's been watching these wrestling tapes, and it gives him something. Yeah. And then he is, he wants to escape and go and meet him to be trained by him to become a wrestler. So that's kind of like the outline to it, but it's about more than that, isn't it? I mean, that's sure. just like that happens at the end, but I Spoiling. don't feel like that was the main thing you know what i did feel about this movie was i thought it had some bad editing in parts a
1: little bit i agree with you
0: yeah it felt real like we were skipping from one scene to another without any yeah it was towards the end it felt like it was rushed at the end i agree and i was watching it going this kind of flowed quite well up to now when it feels like you're just flicking between scenes with with no build-up to anything like it's Oh, now we're doing this. Oh, and here's the bad guys. Oh, and the bad guys are finished. Oh, oh you know, like that. Yeah, just, I agree. So, I don't know if that's a problem with it, or that's how it's supposed to go. But I do feel
1: it get a little, pun- a little like patched together there in times towards
0: the end, and and rushed. I felt like the we were having really good, like conversations between people and characterization going on, and then it kind of turned into like. Like a, there's a bit of an action scene at the end. Let me say, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to a thing, and then it cuts to pretty much the end. Right, it's over, and you're like, I was, True. I was like, oh, oh, okay. This Not that is, it leaves you going, oh, I wonder what happens or anything like that. It's it
1: you was, get so much more filling in during the rest of the movie that when it does that, you're like, whoa, yeah, it's a little bit like takes you back.
0: Yeah. yeah, so if I felt that, I feel like is it the editing, directing, or what? I, it feels there's something. A miss there towards the end, like it doesn't quite know how to wrap itself up.
1: Well, it's not a living entity. It's individuals who are writing this: yeah. producers, directors, writers, performers. So collectively, they thought this was the way to go.
0: But that's the only issue I had because I like the performances. I think re- I think they're really solid, and the cinematography in most of the movie is good. Most it's a lot of long shots, like really long shots, where the characters are just. A figure in the because there's a lot of walking from one place to another true and a lot of being on a boat or being on a raft but like they're very small i mean it's it's made to show you that they're traveling a, a fair way there are some things um that you have to make a leap with a little bit like the i thought the relationship between eleanor and tyler was
1: a bit compressed
0: yeah a yeah. bit comp- like too compressed for me like i was like oh okay now we're talking And now she's smiling at him. Oh, and now, you know. Yeah. (laughs) And now she's giving him a kiss. I mean, he's giving her a kiss. I was like, wow, that, it seems quick because I feel like we've, it's only been one day or maybe two days at the most, you know? So that's another thing. Maybe the writing, maybe the editing.
1: I I mean, you could say, okay, this movie is about taking a journey of life that isn't like what everyone expects you to do. Right. And she has been a hospice person and been with people as they died. She's a young widower or young widow. So she, her first husband, we don't know what the circumstance, but she says she's a widow. And so her life is very controlled, but she's seen a lot of death and she's very compassionate. Yeah. And maybe she, you know, and she's frustrated. The boss that she has is kind of a dickhead and she's, you know, she's not fully living if you think about it that way and then but because she reacts to this guy almost instantly you have to you and have to make up that she was sort of itching to get out and deliver yeah. life and yeah. so now she's got that but you have to fill that in you, you don't get you her saying do. she never has the one line or she's like oh i've got to get out of here or i can't do this job anymore or have her even sitting alone in her apartment just like totally lonely and having no life none of that leads up to her all of a sudden falling for this guy
0: yeah full on like yeah. i mean i mean you know by the end of the movie it's quite clear that it's a full she's full yeah. for him like um so that part you know i did but get but i mean it's, it's plausible i did get the spark like when she first meets him in the um convenience store mm-hmm. gas station thing um i did get the spark immediately i understood oh there's going to be something here. Like it. And then I was like, hmm.
1: And there are people like him in the world. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> he's very forward and he kind of coy and flirty. Uh, yeah. He's definitely a There's type.
0: kind of a, it's, I feel like it, um, the character he plays is kind of like him. Because I've seen him in a lot of interviews. Uh-huh. I feel like he is like that in real life. Like he's very like, I'm not scared of anything. I'll just, you know. Yeah. Talk, you know, if I want to talk to this beautiful woman, I'll talk to her. Like, I'm not, there's no barrier. <laughs> like, why, no, nothing's telling, saying like a guy like me can't talk to her. True. You know, because he's, you know, he's kind of filthy isn't he? and he's, he's very fil- There's one thing
1: I felt very visceral about through this whole movie is that everyone had to smell bad. Yes. They're in the water, they're in their clothes, they're not taking baths, they're, proper, they're not properly eating. They're out in the weather. They've got sand and dirt all over them. And I think he smelled bad to begin with because he was getting crabs and fish out of the water. And so the whole movie kept reinforcing this like, oh, if I could smell them, it wouldn't be pleasant.
0: But then when Eleanor turned up, I was like, well, she smells nice and nobody else does. At first. At first. But then she
1: lives out in the woods or out on the river with them. So I'm thinking by the end, they all smell bad.
0: Yeah. So it's a drama movie. You know, it's not an action packed thing, even though they try and throw some action in at the end. But that action at the end, you know what? If it didn't even have that, I would have liked it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bit of a wrestling part. But, you know, it's a bit cartoonish. Definitely. Well, a lot cartoonish, to be honest. <laughs> there's a move that could never possibly have happened, right? But
1: But that's your, like, ah, yeah. moment.
0: Yeah. Richie, when You remember, you've seen Napoleon Dynamite. You know when he goes and dances on the school stage <laughs> and it's, like, triumphant? Yeah. And everybody goes, oh. Yeah, it's that moment. In this movie, um, so moving on to the cast, uh, Shia LaBeouf plays Tyler, and I said to you, I said to you today, I've, I've, all the I've always liked him. You know,
1: yeah. Except for you're questioning him for some period of time because he went through like a phase, but then you know what that phase was all about, and so, yeah. so he won you over again. So he
0: got Shia LaBeouf got this like tag put on him as that he's like a Hollywood person who's kind of going crazy. And it's exactly the same tag that Joaquin Phoenix had. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Where he... Was it Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. Where he did... He was being method for a thing that he was doing. And it came across to people just looking at him going, what's wrong with him? Is having he having a so nervous... Or are you having a nervous breakdown? Is there yeah. something wrong with you? And Shia LaBeouf did a bunch of stuff that, from the outside looking in... Is like, what is he actually doing?
1: Like, I don't... Is he just super pretentious or is yeah. he trying to make a point? Yeah.
0: Now, so recently he did Hot Ones, which is a YouTube show that I watch. And it's a... The gimmick of Hot Ones is um, Sean, who hosts it, interviews a celebrity. But they eat hot sauce on chicken wings. And uh, it gets hotter and hotter for each question. And Shia LaBeouf was the first person this season to be interviewed. And he actually asked him about it. Like, remember that time when people were saying, oh, Shia LaBeouf's gone crazy? And he was like, well, one, the first thing I did was people kept seeing me in all these memes. Like I I was popping up in these memes and it looked like I was crazy because I was working with Harvard University on what it takes to create a meme for a thesis for this girl I was helping, a student there. And we went in a studio with a green screen and I filmed loads of crazy stuff and we threw it out there and it was just, it was a thing, a dissertation to see how if a meme can be created or it has to just organically happen, right? Right. That was what that was about. Okay.
1: Well, he can say that. Right. We have no proof of that. No. But it sounds, again, plausible.
0: And then the second thing was, there was one, a thing that also that he did, he put on a film festival... In a cinema in New York, I think, and it was a film festival that played Shia LaBeouf movies twenty four hours a day, and he went to it and just sat and watched them all. Like, in, sat there, and there was a webcam looking at him, and he was watching the things. and People were like, "What's this crazy shit? Like, <laughs> why, why is he watching himself in a theater?" And, well, that that was about another thing which he was doing with the university was about looking to looking at yourself and trying to figure yourself out and improve it or maybe see what's going on because you he said like you, you don't really look at your work when you're a film person you might do your film you had a certain feeling about it but it's not like you go and sit and look at it right so he wanted to go and look at it and he, he was looking at transformers and um what was the other will smith movie that he was in mm. remember i think uh, it was i robot
1: yes yeah. Movies like well, that. You said that, Kevin Smith. I'm like, was it a movie with Kevin Smith? <laughs> <laughs> no, Will Smith. <laughs> got it.
0: But he was looking at all his movies and looking like how he'd grown as an actor, or how he'd got worse, or what choices he made, and that was what that was about. It wasn't like he he was crazy and he was watching me, you know. And it's sometimes it's hard to understand what's going on at the time. Sure. But
1: so what you're saying is you like him, you appreciate him more than you have, or. You've always been like, you go, LaBeouf.
0: I've always thought he was a good actor. I mean, when you watch something like The Transformers, it's nothing, it's not great acting, because no. it's just to serve the story, isn't it? But I've always liked him. I mean, we saw him in his first ever movie, right? The Battle of Shaker Heights. Yeah. Which was the Project Greenlight movie that won. And I really liked that movie a lot. Did you like it?
1: Um, I think it was a bit, you know amateurish right well yeah but kind of sweet
0: yeah it was kind of like this movie in a way like a sweet
1: kind of movie
0: yeah um but i've always liked him along the way and then sometimes i'm like why is he just relegated to being like you know like in iRobot, he's just some dude who's a friend who walks alongside somebody and that's it but then you know he did transformers he carried those movies didn't he until he
1: until it didn't work until marky mark (laughs) took over (laughs)
0: But um, yeah, I I in this movie particular, I think he was excellent. It was just like he was really natural, like like that's it, who he is,
1: you know. Like he's broken, like in American Honey.
0: Yeah, exactly. I feel like he was being Shia LaBeouf. I just,
1: <laughs> so that's not high praise, because when you're a performer, you don't want to be have people going, "Oh, that character, that's just you. You're not even trying."
0: But I did just see an interview that he. Um, spent a lot of time with his co-star in this, Zach, and um, they got really friendly and that's how they did the scenes. Yeah. So they were just friends, like like acting second and friends first. And I think that really comes across because the scenes are just, like you said, there's a scene where Zach's just touching his face Mm-hmm. and it just seems like a thing that was happening, right? It doesn't seem like, oh, let us yeah. just touch each other's face because we want to be touchy-feely. It just felt like it was... They were rolling the camera and that was what was going on. So there's a lot of that in there. But um, I don't know, Shia LaBeouf's character in this, he was really, like, there was a lot of emotion, I thought. There was a lot of, like, get telling people, like, oh, just get over that. Like, when he was first talking to Eleanor and she's like, you know, I have to look after him. And he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> when he pushes his, he said, put your head in the water and, like, keep it yeah. in there as long as possible. And she's like, what are you doing, like? He's he like, needs no, us to baby him. Don't need to baby him. <laughs> He's fine. So, I really liked the what it, the thing he was portraying, and I liked his portrayal
1: of it. Very nice, thorough review there of one individual.
0: Dakota Johnson plays Eleanor. Um, I really like her. We saw her last in Suspiria, which she was very good in Suspiria, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think of her here?
1: No, she was good. She had. I could. I got. I understood her character. A young woman working in a nursing home. She's more friendly than she is authoritative. I don't know what her position is.
0: No, I didn't either. She doesn't ever either. say,
1: like, she's a caregiver, social worker. I'm not sure what. But um, I was totally sold. And then her kind of easing into this thing with these two guys on the road, it felt right, too. So either way, I think she was doing a good job. She didn't overdo the, I don't want to break the rules. And she didn't overdo the, like, Whoa, I'm living my life now. You know what I mean? No, she, she did right across the middle, which was good.
0: Yeah. Um, Zach Sajin, I think that's right, Play Zach, who is the main character in the film. What did you think of Zach? I mean, he has done a short film before, but this is his first feature film. Did you like him?
1: I did. I feel like I don't, because anytime you know find someone new, you've never seen them, and he does have Down syndrome, there are going to be moments when you are... I feel like it was a challenge beyond like the normal I won't say I shouldn't say normal, beyond someone who just has to memorize the line and and say it out blah 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 blah, you know, like blah blah blah. He struggles at times, it feels like I mean sometimes and he so struggles know, yeah, enunciating
0: how, the words, I think.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if that's him playing a different character to himself and or if it's just his own personal way that he is. Um, I'd like to see him in something where the Down syndrome isn't the focus. Yeah. Where he's just a guy and that it's not even a thing. Like, that would be great if we could... Whenever we make a movie about someone who isn't quote-unquote, like, mainstream, whatever that is, right? We draw attention to the thing that makes them outside of that main river stream. And so if you just make movies where that's not a thing... Let me think. Was station agent him being? Because it it was him. He wasn't about him being a little person. Friend made fun of it though. Did he? Yeah. But just as like a friend.
0: Just in a friendly way, but it was brought up that he was small. Right. That was introducing. That was his first thing. What was his name? I was going to say Zach Galifianakis. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: No. Peter (laughs) Dinklage. Peter Peter Dinklage. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. The station agent's a great movie, by the way.
1: But I think back reinforcing the difference. While sometimes that's excellent, and we that's life, right? If you have a friend who is whatever, like a di- like me, I'm an, the overweight round friend, right? <laughs> that's not like a genetic.
0: Thing. Well, it's not a disability. But if you're
1: going to no, but if you're going to like a beach with your friends, and then that's like your thing, you're the outsider person. But if you're making a movie with me being the fat lady and the other skinny women, it always has to make a joke out of the fat person, right? So I would be the butt of the joke on the beach in the bikini instead of never Uh even acknowledge the joke (laughs) instead of just not acknowledge like it's not a thing, right? Because when I'm with my friends, they don't say to me, oh, my God, you're too fat for a bikini or like snicker snicker. Um, So I would have to see him in something else that wasn't focused on him being having a down syndrome.
0: But as far as this was, it was... What did the directors say? That they just wanted to make a movie that...
1: They met him when they were at a camp for people with disabilities. Right. And he said he wanted to be a movie in movies. And they said... They actually said, well, that's not going to happen. Because mainstream movies aren't made with people with disabilities or these differences as the main star. And then they discussed it and it kind of gnawed at them for a while. And then eventually they went ahead and made the movie for him to be
0: it. And there is like a part of them, you know, there's a Shia LaBeouf saying something in the movie about like when he, he says to him, look, listen, you're never going to be like an Olympic swimmer. Yeah. Or you're never going to, you know, it's like that is echoed in the film. Whereas like, you're never going to be this. Oh, maybe you can be this because you know, they told this
1: guy, I mean, unless there are limitations on all, there are
0: limitations physically. Yeah. But I mean they make a point in this movie that he's not very good at swimming. But by the end of it, he's fine with water, yeah. you know. So um jo- John Hawks plays Duncan. He's the bad guy in the movie. He's very underutilized really, I think. But I True. You know what? Like every time those bad guys showed up, I wasn't really into those scenes. I don't I know I know the the way the script works is like there's something happened at the beginning. And these bad guys are coming, so there's like a danger looming kind of thing. But I don't even know if it needed it. I agree. So whenever they turned up, they were really cartoon like as well. Like I agree, cartoon kind of hillbilly types is <laughs> kind of weird. Especially the other guy who was with him. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, guy?
1: that guy has to be something because he's not. He doesn't seem that guy's like called
0: Yellow Wolf, and yeah. he is he is a rapper.
1: That's sw- what because he said he had a rap off with Zach on yeah. the set. Yeah. They did They did look, yeah, cartoony, as I'm sitting here staring at a cartoon face. And almost,
0: funny. like, if they if that whole plotline wasn't in here, this movie would still work as a discovery, like, going across. They don't even, need Yeah, be even chased. if the thing
1: happened in the beginning, and then Shia LaBeouf's running away, and they never chase after him, right. it wouldn't matter. It didn't matter, did it? He no. just knows he has to stay away.
0: Because I didn't really it. feel that much of a threat from them, and... You know, they were just a bit too cartoon. well. They
1: were threatening. I felt the threat, but
0: even though I like John Hawks, it was just a bit. Mm. Thomas Hayden Church plays Clint, aka the Saltwater Redneck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thomas Hayden Church, the first time you you, you were familiar with him already. Mm-hmm.
1: First of course. time, he I... was wing. He was in Wings,
0: right? Which Great I never show. saw. Great show. So the first time I ever saw him was Sideways with Paul Giamatti, which is one of my favorite comedies. I think it's really good. In in the way this movie is, it it feels like it's kind of like a road movie because they're on the road drinking wine. But it's a, you know, they learn about life as they do it. But uh, Thomas Hayden Church, what did you think of him here?
1: He was good. I mean, again, brief, but I felt like it fit. He... pretty genuine like he's the down and out old timey wrestler i mean he used to be a wrestler now he just lives in a shitty house and kind of they knock around in an old ring and actually beat each other up with real with i won't say real like wrestling moves but the old wrestlers come here and beat each other up like for real it's really it's really weird but that has to exist so i'm not like that
0: backyard wrestling thing where it's like not it's, yeah, but this
1: is actual, you can tell they're doing it with the wrestling moves, Yeah, not just like fighting, boxing, UFC. They're actually using the holds and the slams, but not as a choreography. And it's not they're
0: sanctioned actually, properly. It's, correct. It's, it's kind of unlicensed.
1: Correct.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, Thomas Hayden Church, he was fun. And, um, I think he fit. Yeah, Bruce Stern, when you're talking about somebody who's not in it very much, Bruce Stern's in a couple of scenes, right? Mm-hmm. But he does leave a mark, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Especially
0: with the scene with the bars on the when he's 'cause he's a he used to be an engineer, but now he's an old guy and a whole old person, so
1: he's instrumental in letting getting Zack to escape. Yeah,
0: I did like that part. Yeah. And then finally John Bernthal, who you know as the Punisher, or if you don't know him Shame. as the Punisher, you know him as Shane from the Walking Dead. He plays Mark, which is Shia LaBeouf's. Doesn't have any father. lines or anything. No, he's his brother. Brother, sorry. <laughs> I'm terrible with families.
1: You are. It's his brother. He said it like five times. I know it's his brother. I just okay. missed said it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway,
0: something happens between him and his brother. It kind of marks Tyler for his life, right? Correct. But yeah, he doesn't have any lines, but he's uh, he's in it. Like, I, I don't forget that he's in it, even though he's literally in That's like-
1: why I say I feel like LaBeouf might have, like, hung out with him to be like, well, if I was your brother, I would pick up on your behaviors. And so... Yeah, You know, I don't know why I think that, but I feel like he had a little bit of Bernthal as Shane, not as the Punisher. Shane from The Walking Dead.
0: So it's um, small and there's no words from Jon Bernthal, but it's enough to let you know what the relationship was like. And, you know, you get a little bit of backstory to Tyler that way. Mm, Yeah, a little bit. Directed by Tyler Nilsson and Mike Schwartz. They haven't directed a feature film before. This is the first one, but they've done short films together. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, it's good. It feels a little amateurish at times, but it's just an intimate kind of movie. I don't know how to describe it. You said with the editing, there were times I was like, oh, this is sort of not put together very nicely, but I don't know if that's down to them. It must be because there were definitely
0: times where you were like, oh, yeah, this feels like a first thing like this could wouldn't possibly improve like as they went on. Yeah. Like, this is like they're learning, like they're learning to do it.
1: Kind of, which adds to the charm, but it definitely subtracts from the quality.
0: Um, Yeah, so um, IMDb reviews, what are those and
1: why would They're one-star reviews that you like to read when you disagree with people who don't like movies you like. I'm going to frame it like that from now on, because that's the truth. Now, funnily
0: enough, the IMDb reviews for this movie, there are a bunch, but there are only three... Two or three one-star reviews. So I'm not going to pick them. I'm going to pick the two-star reviews. Because that's the rebel you are. Oh, there are no two-star reviews. All right? Uh-huh. Three-star reviews. All right, there's one. I can only read you one this week, dear viewer. <laughs> and it is this one. This person, Go Slow is their name. Okay. Says about this movie. I'm still bothered two weeks after seeing this movie. I feel had... A warm, fuzzy, totally predictable outing. Good performances by good actors, but a fluff of a story. I do love the coastal setting, but witnessed the worst special effects, that wrestling scene, and I've seen the early Godzilla. Oh, we're comparing to the
1: early Godzilla, not <laughs> we're comparing
0: this comparing most... this movie to Godzilla, yeah, the early Godzilla.
1: If you're going to compare and say something is bad, which is what they're saying about Godzilla, you should m- mention the most recent one, but... Um... I don't disagree that there was a little bit of weirdness there with that stunt and yet again it screams of sort of indie small it also felt like filmmaker a filmmaker making their first movie vibe and that kind of fit.
0: It was a bit comedy skittish? It was. Like because it was to explain the Peanut Butter Falcon who is his, is Zack's wrestling name picks up a giant man and throws him and it looks like when we watch Supergirl and she throws something and it looks...
1: You can tell they're on a wire. On a and, wire. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what it looks like.
1: Because we've established through the movie that he's very strong. He's like all muscle. Yeah. He's very... That's one of his, like, Shia LaBeouf tries to tell him, like, dude, you're strong. Because like, he thinks he's nothing because of the Down syndrome when people have always told him that he couldn't do anything. Um, so we've built up to this point where we're saying he's strong, he's strong. And now he picks up this man who's about seven feet tall. Yeah. picks him up over his head and flings him out of the- in
0: almost a superhero type <laughs> yeah. scenario that is completely out of place to the rest of the movie because there's no like there's no fantasy scenes where he's True. Really, you know it's just it's a thing that happens that is very different to the tone of everything else um there's also two wrestlers now I'm not a wrestling person and I wouldn't know a wrestler if you walked in front of me and said I'm a wrestler <laughs> But there's Jake the Snake Roberts, so anybody who's a WWF, I believe it was back then, Jake the Snake Roberts and Mick Foley, they're the two um, wrestlers who you can see in this movie. I mean, they're in it very briefly, to be honest, but they are in there. It was quite obvious to a non-wrestler, was it to you, that, oh, these are wrestling guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, extras uh, on the Blu-ray, there is the making of the Peanut Butter Falcon. It's very short. The guy even... Listen,
1: listen to how disappointed you are. It's uh, kind of short. The
0: director even calls it an EPK, which I've never heard before. And if you don't know what an EPK is, it means electronic press kit.
1: I mean, thanks, thank you for watching our EPK. Yeah,
0: and a, an a EPK is the kind of thing that, like when they send me a movie for review, they send me a link to an EPK and it's, literally small clips to promote the movie might just be a trailer might be like the director talking about something but yeah they even mentioned that it was that so it's like literally three or four minutes and then there's a photo gallery which why are we doing photo galleries at this time and day and age <laughs> somebody likes it yeah i mean does anybody watch the photo gallery on a blu-ray you've just watched the movie and we I- did to be fair. We did. And we, we went, turned it oh. on
1: and we just looked at all the pictures. said, picture.
0: wow, we're looking at less. The, the they're screenshots. Lower,
1: they're not photographs. They are
0: lower resolution images of the movie. If you watch the movie, it looks better.
1: Yeah. And they're not <laughs> like, well, one of them was a photograph that someone with a camera was just standing. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. The rest were just sort of like, yeah, oh, here's our movie. So, um,
0: yeah. So I'd recommend this. I think it's really sweet. And I think uh, it's a like a feel-good movie almost. Oh, yeah. So um, if it's you want... It's a
1: feel-good, feel-bad. You know, life is kind of shitty for some people who don't... Didn't choose their life. And yet, then you have to think, yeah, but is it... Are we supposed to make it hard for people who have a disability or some difference? Like, we've sort of built societies on patting them on their little heads and be like here we'll cater to you right now there are people in the world who can't physically do stuff and then there's people like this young man who seems fine but i bet he's been treated as a lesser and so i would like for that not to be a thing i'd like to see a movie just don't even acknowledge like gender and stuff abilities just a story about people true they'll probably exist i just haven't sought them out
0: so thanks to Lionsgate for giving us a copy for review. Next week, Sid Talk's either going to roll her eyes or she will like it. She won't know until she's seen it. But it's the new Fast and Furious movie, Hobbs and Shaw. Do you like Hobbs or Shaw?
1: I'll take a deep breath and roll my eyes. How's that? Uh, but
0: <laughs> I I will say, you do roll your eyes at Fast and Furious movies, but you also have had some fun watching some of them.
1: I Well, number three. That's my favorite.
0: Num- yeah number three you do like yep. uh, Tokyo Drift but I do believe no liked-
1: explanation as to why because I would not even presume to explain it but
0: well Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw is actually a spin-off from Fast and Furious Yeah, but it's The Rock and Jason Statham we all know The Rock and Jason Statham have fun so let's see what happens with them next week movie recommendations I am going off this movie The Peanut Butter Falcon and I'll go with Dakota Johnson's movie which we watched last Suspiria which I have grown to like more the more I thought about mm. it afterwards interesting um and she was really good in it because she was like the outsider and also very pivotal to the whole thing and American Honey for Shayla LaBeouf. I Andrea Arnold she I really love her filmmaking and American Honey has really stuck with me I think it's I think it's awesome it's good it's a It's
1: one of those again you're watching it for like this human story that isn't being told like Transformers or yes, even like English Patient or anything like that. It's not that kind of drama about human decisions. It's like, It's almost like you tap into that euphoria of youth and ignorance and life is going to be forever. Kind of this dreamy thing. That's how American Honey seems to me.
0: And Andrea Arnold, who made American Honey, also made Fish Tank, which is another movie that's awesome and captures the same thing, I think. If you go back and watch that, that one's from some years ago. Uh, So those are mine. Yours are?
1: Mine are, let me look. (laughs) Napoleon Dynamite. Because it had that feeling of, these are people we don't celebrate or focus on at all. And even the first time I was ever watching it, I was just, wow, I love these people. Like, love the characters. They are cartoony, and yet they seem really, really real. I caught
0: you a delicious bass. (laughs) Peace out. That's my favorite. Peace out.
1: And Eagle versus Shark.
0: Also, my other favorite, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, saying is kip when he says (laughs) you're just jealous because i've been looking at babes on the internet all day (laughs) yeah that is a great
1: film cute so that's it dynamite uh, yeah napoleon dynamite and eagle versus shark which is you explain
0: eagle versus shark is a movie from new zealand by director takiti Wakata. is that his name don't know he is the guy who directed Thor Ragnarok, and it is way before his Thor Ragnarok days, and Jermaine Clement is in it from Flight of the Concords and the sense of humor is exactly Flight of the Concords.
1: It's a bit like...
0: It's like a Flight of the Concords movie, but yeah, it's not about them. With
1: kind of broken people again, sort of the awkward people, and it's not for everyone.
0: It's really funny.
1: It is. Yeah. It's really funny. It's not for everyone.
0: It's it's in the I would stick it in the Napoleon dynamite um category. Actually.
1: Exactly. That's why I put Quir- them together.
0: It's quirky and it well, that one in particular, Eagle versus Shag, it's the sense of humor's very New Zealand, if you know what that means.
1: Uh, um yeah. <laughs> I know what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Like the flight of the Concords. If you like it you understand there's a particular sense of humor to it true it's not british it's not american there's something about it that's obviously
1: there's like an innocence about it yeah i think is what i like about it
0: um flight of the concords album i listen to it so much
1: (laughs) it is so funny
0: it is funny. the most beautiful girl in the world is my favorite
1: and if anybody doesn't know who the concords are Fight of the Conchords are the guy, one of the guys wrote all the music for the Muppet movie.
0: Yeah, he did. Brett.
1: Yeah. And the other guy is in the season of Legion.
0: Yes. He's also in Men in Black 3. Was that? I think so. Yeah. He was a baddie, I think, in Men in Black 3.
1: Mm-hmm. So check him out. Flight of the Concords, Eagle vs. Shark, Napoleon Dynamite, and then whatever you said.
0: Susperia, an American honey.
1: <laughs> All Lots there. of movies for you to watch.
0: Um, So Ace stuff, clocks go back to night. You've already done it by now. I've been playing Fortnite, and because it's Halloween, they're calling it Fortnite-mares. Get it's it?
1: fortnite Hint, clue. Uh, it's not Halloween anymore.
0: No, but it, they... they Go with it for a whole week, I guess, or at least o- over this weekend. Um, if you drop into Fortnite, drop in literally because you drop in from a helicopter, from a plane, or a bus. Sorry. You um, there's a lot of Halloween stuff going on. They've decorated it all up in Halloween. There's costumes to win that you can wear that are Halloween. There's a. Cool- are you a
1: shell? You advertising for these people? No.
0: Um there's a that I love that costume where it's a banana on half of it, and then when you turn to the other half, it's like the inside of a banana, but it's got like a stomach and bones.
1: It's a little bit of that guy. <laughs> that guy, that artist. Yes. Damien Hurst. Yes.
0: It's the banana v- look it Damien up, Hurst's banana.
1: Yeah, look it up, kids.
0: <laughs> um next week, uh well the end yeah. Uh, by this time next week, um, Hideo Kojima's new game, Death Stranding, which I've been looking forward to for uh, probably about two years, right? When did I show you the original trailer
1: for that? Oh, it's been a while. And I for said, sure. look at this,
0: look at this game that has Norman Reedus in it that looks like weird and cool. And even you, I remember watching that trailer. Went, oh, that was really cool. Yeah. Because like, who knows what it's about? Anyway, that comes out this week, so I'll take a look at that night and talk about it next week we also played a game for halloween what's the genre of game that we kind of like playing together is it like i play it and you watch
1: <laughs> cinematic horror video game would you call it that i'm making up a word here a term. yeah
0: like telltale do it visual novel no it won't be a novel well, it's word. like
1: a cinema it's like telling it's like a, a movie yeah so it's telling the story and it's very cinematic and lots of Visual, like, like I just sit and watch, and then you play. Yes. So I don't know what to call it. Cinematic.
0: If you've ever played a Telltale game, you know, it's it happens in front of you, and you make choices along the way. Like,
1: Yeah, I mean, I have to call foul here on some of these. They big up this idea that they're giving you so many choices, and you have so many different endings, but in fact, it's not really that way. If you really examine, like, what they're giving you, There can't be infinite endings. There can't even be so many endings that it's interesting. Because while you're playing this game, you make certain choices. The outcome is you have a group of people making it through a horrible situation. They either all live or they don't. One of them lives or they don't. Like, it's a combination. That's it. That's your only choices. The story doesn't change. The idea doesn't change. It's just a matter of open this instant. I didn't hit my square fast enough. And so when the guy pointed the gun at my... Other character, they killed him. and then you go on. If you had hit it fast enough, it would that person would still be with you. But it doesn't. They just big up this idea so much; it's annoying to me because it doesn't really make the game that much more interesting to me.
0: We haven't actually said what the game is. Oh no, him. Um, this game is uh, from the people who made Until Dawn, which we also played. This is their new game called Man of Madame,
1: which we can't quite figure out why it's that title. I can't figure it out anyway,
0: no, I figure out the Madan part, but the man part no
1: the one man, no,
0: no,' anyway it's it's if you've played until dawn it's it looks like that game it's
1: fun to watch,
0: yeah, it's like a movie is happening, and that you get choices along the way, and you know characters can live or die, mostly die when I play,
1: correct <laughs> you have a kn- you have a
0: I have a knack of killing them all, yeah. Which is fun, because we get to see them all horribly perish. True. So what did you think of this one?
1: It was fun. Fun to watch. But then, to be honest, I ended up not really caring about any w- of the people. Would you have
0: cared if it played out differently than what, how we played it?
1: No. I'm saying, the characters didn't like... Like, when we are playing Walking Dead games, the Telltale versions... Right.
0: We had a there's strong something... connection to Clementine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and there, well, first of all, we had lots of games, to, or lots of chapters with her, but these people in this game, while it looks amazing, I feel like the creators, and we watched the little making of thing, were more interested in, like, the luxuriousness of one of the characters' clothing than they were about the fact that they still have, even with all the goodness, the dead video game eyes and the weird side of their mouth that doesn't quite work right, and then there were lots of little glitches here and there that constantly pull me out because the style is trying to be realistic right and sometimes
0: it nails it i I thought sometimes but like
1: telltale games they're not trying to be realistic it's like a cartoon not uh graphic novel design very heavily stylized and so there's a lot of room there for things not to look right when you're trying to do the realistic look the fact that all their shoulders look like they were cut out of paper and they were like square all everyone the women the men their shoulders were always wrong and then their movements were like they would have three characters standing on the screen very far apart from each other not looking at each other with their dead guy eyes and then saying things like really stilted poorly acted lines so those things constantly reminded me that like pulling me out or whatever I was interested in the look of the place, though, because they're in this boat that's been floating around since World War II, and it looks amazing. The textures, the vibe. I did get scared a lot.
0: Yeah, we jumped. Lots of jump scares
1: and lots of like, whoa, that's creepy. So that was good.
0: Yeah. I think they've not quite perfected it, but they're onto something. Their style is Mm -hmm. technically this crashed twice, I think.
1: Once it crashed.
0: Once. But, um... Like the walk, the Telltale games all had technical issues as well, didn't they? It's like something about this type of game.
1: Yeah, but again, that didn't ever really bother me for some reason. No,
0: but um, I don't under- like these games are more slower moving than like something like Call of Duty. Yet Call of Duty remains very fast and silky smooth the entire time, whereas these games seem to get like bogged down on something, right? Yeah. Uh, the even the Walking Dead, which was not a realistic looking game. Still, there was loading issues and weird glitches. I don't know what it is about it. Anyway, um, this Man of Medan, it's not like a full price game. Like, Until Dawn was like a $60 game. This Man of Medan's like a $20 game. Um, So I I guess the budget was a lot lower on this than it was on Until Dawn. So maybe that's why they had to cut some corners, you know? because it's not
1: uh, I think they just got too wrapped up. They were quite pretentious when they got to talking. I felt mm-hmm. So they kind of overrode the the corporate way of making this game with a heightened sense of quality visually for the textures and everything. Yeah. And they knew so they made up so many more details about the characters behind the scenes that did not include in the game. No. So I have always had this philosophy with movies as well. If the person who wrote it has created an entire life for a character and then in the movie or the TV show, we get one line, though, this guy used to be a railroad um, engineer and then one day his train got loose and killed a bunch of people and then you move on, right? You've you've defined that person real quickly. Whereas these guys know the whole story and it's not enough to just, that's why in this game you get no solid backstories on anybody like clementine we've known her since she was a little kid you get to know all the individuals pretty well i think Yeah. um so that's that why you missing. care about her. yeah that was missing in this one
0: yeah but if you are a fan of these type of games it is a good example of these games i think true i mean it's well made apart from the technical issues we had and there are there is some. It good, looks
1: amazing. Yeah, I mean, it
0: does look amazing. There's this times where you look at it and go, "Okay, we've got to the point where a video game can look like a movie, and you can follow it, and it's not like shitty looking, or it's just technically sometimes. Yeah, it kind of chugs a little bit, little glitch. And the the story itself, while it, I thought it started off promising, and I really liked the where they went in the scuba diving bit at the beginning and all that. Yeah. I think the actual story kind of fizzles out towards the end. It's like oh, I agree. That's what it is. I mean, I, know. I won't give it away, but it's
1: so disappointing. Yeah,
0: like yeah, it doesn't really. It it feels like it's going one way, and it seems cool, and then oh, it's that. Okay, so that's where it lost me a little bit. So what is for dinner tonight?
1: You tell them
0: impossible burgers.
1: <laughs> you love them. They're
0: my favorite. Um, they're my favorite plant-based uh, fast food.
1: I mean, I offered to make you homemade tacos. No. But
0: I just nixed that and said, yeah. impossible burgers.
1: Yeah. If anyone's a normal person, <laughs> they would never <laughs> turn down a taco for any kind of burger. We're vegetarians. So i we not a normal impossible person. Impossible burger.
0: How many tacos do I like?
1: I would like one.
0: No, not me. one. You don't? I like mm. two. No more, no less. Mm. Two.
1: Sometimes you only have one. Sometimes which one. Which is abnormal. Two's
0: the max <laughs> for me.
1: <laughs> In my family growing up... If mama's making tacos, she better have four or five boxes of tacos, shells, and tons of it, because we will we would blow through ten or fifteen tacos apiece. So nice this work. one taco policy is a bit weird to me. All
0: right, well. And your, I did um... want to mention
1: with the Taco Bell we're talking about. Oh well, yeah. This isn't Taco Bell. But I will give credit to this one individual who works for Taco Bell. We have had more than once, but this last week kinda of broke the camel's back. And you can sit there and be all smug and snotty and go, Why would you eat Taco Bell if you're a vegetarian? You should know better. Well, they are they push their vegetarian menu now. It's the big dill. They've Power got like bowl. a whole section, the bowl, the crunch wrap with black beans and all that. And so there's an expectation there when you order the vegetarian food, it's gonna be vegetarian. But that didn't happen last time we were there. Well the time before last. Um Got home and the Crunchwrap was full of beef and I ate a bite of it. Now, I ate meat my whole life, so I don't really care about that part. But I was just grossed out and I was pissed because what happened to your veggie bowl a few months ago? It was full of chicken. Chicken, wasn't it? Another time I got tacos, I ordered the black bean in them. I happened to look at one in the drive-thru because I was really suspicious. They seemed really out of whack that day. And, of course, they were full of meat. And so it was just one time too many. So I put a thing out on the Taco Bell website Didn't get a call back for a few days, but then a young woman called me. She's the regional manager for all of this area in mid-Missouri. She's vegan. She's been vegan for 29 years. For the whole time she's worked at Taco Bell. Since she was, however, she's like 45 years old. I had a whole conversation with her. She was very, very, like genuinely, like really disappointed when I wrote my thing about it. You know, she said, I have to go in there when I get my orders. They know me, they know what I want. She told me about, you know, the struggle is real. She said, when you go to like a Taco Bell conference, they offer zero vegan or vegetarian options. (laughs) She was like, I said, that seems kind of rude. She goes, yeah, right? You know, so she was cool. She made it right. She gave me back all the money for the entire order, not just replace the order, but said, come in on Halloween night, we'll get the order correct and I'll give you all the money back, which is what happened. So I really appreciated that. You know, sometimes we take... Most people would say, well, screw Taco Bell. I'm never going back again. Like if they keep screwing stuff up, but they are just people, right? People working at Taco Bell or any other food service. It's difficult. It's a hard job. It's not brain surgery. I'll give them that. But it's not easy to have the public pounding away at you for their perfect fucking taco. You know what I mean? Like that's not easy. So I accept that Mistakes are made, she made it right, and hopefully when we go there in the future, we'll, well continue
0: I, to progress. I, I, I wouldn't progress. hold your breath for
1: that. I know, like, <clears throat> she's not there every day, I understand, no. but um, I was impressed with that. That she even called me personally, and um, so, that was good.
0: Right, and what's your advice, and then we'll get going.
1: My advice is, know your limitations in life, but don't be defined by them. I have a limitation, I don't draw people very well. I don't because I'm not patient enough. I feel like photography, if you want to take a picture of somebody or you have someone paint your portrait or something, but drawing people has never been my strong suit because I'm not, I i don't naturally eyeball the features that make for this caricature that I'm drawing, for example, that just jump out at you because I haven't practiced it for all my life. I can draw other things and I could draw you from a photograph if you gave me like a lot of time <laughs> and it would look good. But when my friend asked me the other day, an old classmate from high school, can you do these caricatures of my kids? I want to put it on a t-shirt for a get, you know, for a fun gift for Christmas. I was like, sure. And then I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I can do that well enough for it to be. You know, people are easily impressed and she'll be happy with whatever <laughs> I do. I know this. However, I don't want it to look like shit. So I could either re- write her back and go, you know what? I don't think I'm going to get this right. So, you know. Or I can just be like, right now I can't do it perfectly. I can't just knock up a caricature or a cartoon drawing like bing, bam, boom. Got it. Here we go. But if I do it enough right now as I'm working on it right in front of my face, keep examining the faces, play around with caricatures that I'm downloading, pictures of caricatures, just keep doing it, I will learn it. I can't, I'm not going to define myself as, oh, I draw stuff, but I can't draw people. You know, I don't want that to be my limit that's like cemented over my head or anything so it's the same syndrome i had last year when my best friend's daughter asked me to do her wedding photos you've heard about this already and i said yes "Yes, of course and then as soon as i hit the send button to tell her yes i was like oh shit she means the wedding photos she doesn't mean like can you take some pictures at my wedding that started me on my pilgrimage. I ended up buying two nice Nikon cameras and learning a lot about photography. Did the wedding. It turned out great. But if I had said in that moment, oh, well, I'm, mm, I've never actually taken that kind of pictures. I take pictures of other things. So I probably shouldn't do it. That would have been really sad because I've had so much pleasure from learning about photography. So, you know, know your limitations. And if you can learn something to overcome it, do it. If it's something physical that you have to train for or find a way around it, do it. Don't let it be like, well, I can't do that, so screw it. That's it. Can't do it.
0: All right, so you can catch us on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all those places. Catch this podcast everywhere that podcasts are available, excluding Spotify. (laughs) you know how to put it on Spotify, let me know. Apparently you have to pay or something. (laughs)
1: And you haven't figured it out, which is hysterical, I, I love yeah, it.
0: Well, only only way I've figured out is you go on a particular host and then they put it on for you. Hmm. But if you run your own podcast and website like we do, there's no way of doing it.
1: Right, Oh, that's kind of a bummer.
0: Uh, so um, there's that. There's also emailing me at ascoli dot com because why wouldn't you email me? Don't email sidtalk.com.
1: I'll email you from the other end of the house when it's time for supper. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you
0: text message me. I do. You can also, um, well, no, that's it. Stay classy. That's it. Stay classy, um, the peanut butter falcon. And I'm going to say, think for
1: yourself or someone will do it for you.